Hello, hello. Welcome to IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. This is Jim Vavida, a.k.a. Stax, joined as always by Mr. Christopher Carl. A.k.a. Stallion. <laughs> That's that's right in his mind. Um, we got uh, we got a few things to talk about this week. It wasn't a huge week movie news wise, but there were a couple of big projects we can probably chat about at length. But the real highlight of this podcast, a very special guest again, not not Danny Trejo. He he didn't come back for more. He, he was <laughs> he we scared never, him off. He will never um, come back for more. No, of this. we have Casa de Mi Padres, Efren Ramirez. You might know him better uh, for his stint in um, the Crank movies, and of course Napoleon Dynamite as Pedro. Uh, he's dropping by to talk about Casa de Mi Padre. Uh, it's if you don't know what that film is, it's Will Smith's. Uh, Will, Will Smith's. <laughs> Will Ferrell's. Will wow, yeah, yeah, no, Will Ferrell's. Uh, um, new comedy where he speaks. It's all Spanish language, and it's kind of like a a, a grindhouse style action comedy. And so, yeah, we're going to be talking about that movie and more later on with uh, Mr. Ramirez. Let's talk about last week's box office, though, where the Lorax was uh, had the biggest debut of 2012 so far. It made far, far more than anybody, including. Yours truly and Mr. Carl had predicted. Yeah, uh, it made seventy point two million dollars. The I believe it's the biggest non-sequel animated movie opening. Um, and we had predicted. <laughs> we I had throw predicted, more qualifiers on. Yes, that. exactly. Uh, it made fifty-four. Uh, well, I said it was going to make fifty-four million. You thought it would make fifty-six million. It made about fifteen million more than that. It made seventy point two million. So not too shabby. Not. T- Terrible. Yeah. Uh, the Dr. Seuss movies seem to have better kind of track record um, as animated films. I mean, The Grinch made money, but then Cat in the Hat was kind of a fiasco. So, <laughs> and, and from what I understand, after Cat in the Hat, fiasco. Dr. Seuss's widow said, no more live action Dr. Seuss movies. They can do animated ones, but no more of that. So we won't get the uh, uh, Green Eggs and Ham live action movie that we had all been waiting for. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't actually made something with Green Eggs and Ham. I know it's just a poem or whatever, essentially. Well, they've, they've turned lesser things but, into, you know. Yeah, I mean, we know Battleship is coming to the movie theater, and uh, it was a board <laughs> game, you know. So, I don't know, that's a rip on Battleship, per se. I'm just saying, you don't need much to start a concept. So, I bet we will see Green Eggs and Ham at some point. At some point. Now, Project X debuted last weekend. That did really well. That movie was made, you know. Another these micro budget movies that you know it made twenty one million in its opening. We basically we're in that range. I said twenty million. You said twenty four. So, and then uh, Act of Valor was third place with thirteen point six. I said fourteen. You said eleven. So Lorax was really the only thing we were grossly off about. But so was everybody. They were all yeah. thinking it would make maybe sixty, but it did far far better. Which of course. Doesn't bode well for John Carter, which opens today. Uh, we can talk about that by yeah. the end of the podcast. Um, so. I, I, yeah, I feel pretty good about our predictions for a change. Not, not yeah, terrible. except for that number one. But, but you know, you know. But even then, you know what? We, you know what? We were in a in, in good company of people who screwed the pooch on that one. So, what can I say? You're gonna have some surprises. <laughs> it's interesting though. It's getting harder and harder to predict the box office for um, children's movies and yeah. for animated movies. And I think the studios are struggling with the same thing that we are. Yeah. 
You just don't know what all the factors are. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you know what the best kind of way to gauge these things is now talking to your friends who have kids, like Matt Fowler, uh, our TV editor. He, you probably know him from his wrestling column, but he has uh, you know a few little kids, and he takes them to the movies, so he knows the word on the street with the uh, with the prepubescent crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and don't read into that, <laughs> but uh, you know he he kind of knows like yeah, my kid has no interest in that movie, and none of their friends do. So like in you know about you know movie you know X Y Z or whatever, but uh, he's like yeah no they all they all want to go see Lorax. So it's like once you start hearing from parents what their kids are interested in, all the box office pundits and everything they they're only worth so much. It's yeah. it's really ultimately the consumer. Talk to your friends who have kids. Um, all right, well let's dive into the week in movie news. The big story, of course, uh, Venom. Venom. Venom from Spider-Man, the Spidey villain, of course, from Spidey 3, that uh, did not work out so well in that movie. He's going to get his own solo film. They've been working on this for a while. And the news is that Josh Trank, the director of Chronicle, is going is in talks to make it. Now, one, Chris Carl, <laughs> what do you think of a Venom movie? Two, what do you think about Josh Trank making it? And three, what can they do? To kind of uh, you know get rid of the stink left by Spider-Man Three on that one. Three things. I don't care at all about Venom. Venom is one of my least favorite characters in the Marvel universe. I mean, there there are ones that I hate more. Like I hate Gam- Gambit like more. Carnage. I hate ca- Carnage more. I hate Cable more. But they're very that few. whole '90s kind of wave of stuff with guys like with big hair and shit. Yeah, stupid, like... stupid. So X-Men you probably don't like before. Bishop then either. Bishop is. Not great, but he's better than any of those other ones I just mentioned. <laughs> but anyway, Venom. Um, the idea of Venom is doesn't bother me per se. Uh, but I mean, there have been different iterations. Of I think the difficulty of this movie is that it's a villain movie essentially, and that also like and and those have always fallen apart. Um, and you know, Magneto was planned, and essentially we got our Magneto movie with X Men. The Catwoman class. movie. They basically you had to use a totally different Catwoman. Yeah, I mean, you don't. It, it, it just doesn't play. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, can this guy do it? I mean, I haven't seen Chronicle, but f- by all accounts, he, it was an, an awesome movie. What? Uh, here's an idea. What if the Venom movie, Venom is not the main character. What if it's basically a monster movie like Cloverfield and Venom is the monster and it follows other people who have to deal with Venom? Catch Venom is more of a thing than a, an actual, like, the main character of the movie. What I think would work better for this movie, and and it's not what they're going to do. This is but... where he tells me my ideas suck. <laughs> I, actually, I actually like that idea. I like the, the Cloverfield idea. But what I think works best for this character is to reintroduce him in the new Spider-Man universe and then spin out a Venom movie yeah. with an occasional appearances from Spider-Man possibly. Well, Flash Thompson is the new Venom in the comics, and Flash Thompson is in the new movie. Yeah, so so who knows? Perhaps. I mean, it would be nice. I I kind of feel like as long as you're going to have the rights to these characters living in the same universe, you, you might as well use them. You know, you might as well like kind of try to do the lockup that um, Marvel's done with Avengers. You know, one of the things though about Josh Trank doing this means he's probably not going to do the Fantastic Four reboot that he was right. also circling. Um, of those two properties, which one do you think he's better suited for, given his? You know, limited feature film background. I mean, Chronicle was great. I would rather see him tackle 
Venom, to be honest. Really? Um, I w- I'm actually surprised by yeah, that. I would actually rather see him tackle Venom. There's a sick part of me. It's not even a sick part of me. There's this very, very curious part A lot part of, of sick parts of you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> There's this part of me that's like very curious to see what you could do with a Venom movie. Yeah. And and in the, in the hands of the right person, it possibly is a cool story. But... You know, there's been so many disappointments in the world of Venom for me that I'm just kind of like, yeah. yeah. Um, on the Chronicle tip, they're now uh, the the guy who wrote the first movie, Max Landis, is going to write the sequel, so that's in development. Uh, I'm going to rattle off a few other just news rattle items. them off. Uh, we got our first look this week at the Lone Ranger and Tonto from the new movie. Johnny Depp, of course, is Tonto. Oh, we're going to get Army. into this. this Army. Is, we're not rattling. Yeah, this we're not. Off. Ra- all right. <laughs> Screw rattling on this one. <laughs> we're we're going to let Johnny Depp's Tonto as a crow on his head. <laughs> well, okay. And I'm a, you know, and people who listen to this podcast regularly know, I'm actually, for a long time, have been looking forward to a Lone Ranger movie. I like the Lone Ranger. I love Westerns. Um, I want to see this movie do well. But effing crow on his head what he, johnny depp can't even play tonto straight and you know like does he need some sort of shtick for literally everything he plays now well uh, here's hoping that it's not on his head the whole movie that this is just that this is just, uh, just one scene indication of you know the flavor of the movie i'm sure it gets shot off his head at some point but yeah. i don't think i don't think um like Johnny Depp as Tonto, I, I think I've gone on record. It kind of annoys me, but um, I, you know, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday, and and w- one of the things I was saying is possibly they they could possibly do it so that he was actually a white character, and he was either you know sort of grew up in in, in the tribe, or he's as a means of sort of like blending in or you know hiding out he's posing as yeah. you know yeah i mean it Native sounds American. like the kind of the kind of quirky thing that you know a Johnny Depp character would do now Depp just for for the record he's he's a uh, uh, part Cherokee um kind of like Val Kilmer uh and now in Thunderheart you know Val Kilmer you know, they acknowledged that he was only supposed to be like part Cherokee, and that was kind of the whole uh, thing for his character. Now Tonto, they have him in kind of like full makeup of of this sort of um, uh, more like a shaman kind of thing. He's supposed to be a spirit warrior uh, or like a spirit guide kind of character in this version, which is very different from how we've seen Tonto portray before, where he was just kind of. A scout. He was kind of a badass, you know. But he, um, you know, the, the one thing about Johnny Depp is he won't get to wear the awesome fringe suit. You know, yeah, no buckskins. Yeah. But he does have like tattoos all down his arm, and then he's got this sort of war paint thing going on in his face with, uh, where it's almost kind of he kind of has a like the crow in a way. Like he's got a crow in his head, but then he's got that kind of white and black sort of uh, ghostly kind of makeup yeah. on his face. I have to say, um, you know, stepping aside from Tano for a second, um, I I did like the way they handled Lone Ranger's outfit. I, I like, don't. Uh, I don't know? want to see him in a suit. He's he's supposed to have the blue outfit. Just make it like a Union Army thing. Why does he have to? He's dressed like a banker, <laughs> and a Lone Ranger doesn't actually need a Ranger's badge. He's just he's just the Lone Ranger. He I ranges. mean, he can wear the badge, I guess, if he wants to. He didn't have to. The idea is that he's the lone ranger. <laughs> he goes out on the left. range. But his mask also, uh, I'm assuming it's made from leather or something because it looks kind of sculpted. And for the Old West, I don't know how you do that. Everything's got to 
be made of leather in movies. These yeah, days. exactly. Uh, he does. He's rocking the big white Stetson though. And uh, one of my my uh, favorite comments on on the look of Army Hammer's Lone Ranger was this guy on Twitter today saying, um, "Look." The Lone Ranger is clean shaven. He's got his shit together. <laughs> you know, he does. <laughs> he's got his shit squared he, away. Yeah, his shit squared away. That's what he <laughs> says. And that he's not. Uh, you know, he's he's doing it for justice. He's not bar hopping. <laughs> I, I think like, it's okay. true. I mean, I, good note, sir. But uh, <laughs> but I I'm gonna go on the record. Like I like what he looks like. I, I'm kind of dubious on Tonto as well, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I am still rooting for that movie. I just wonder. Um, I don't want it to be played too goofy. Like, I don't want it yeah. to turn into the Pirates movies. I would like it to have kind of its own vibe, but I'm not suspecting that we'll get that. You know my take on on Johnny Depp, and, and I just really – I really want to see him play something that isn't a caricature at this point. I'd like to see him give, like, a more human could, portrayal. I don't know if he can do it anymore. I mean, the tourist who's trying to play a regular guy, and it was – that there's absolutely no chemistry – between him and Angelina Jolie. Um, I think the last time I saw him play a relatively regular guy was in Finding Neverland. And I really liked that movie. But I don't think he, I don't think he would do a movie like that again. I don't know. Do you feel like at a certain point you reach a certain level of fame or a certain level of notoriety? Or you're just eccentric enough that your whole life becomes a performance art? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Or also maybe he's he's gotten to such a level of fame or maybe only care so much anymore will only allow himself to care so much anymore that he can't do it without like his bag of tricks because that's what it feels like at this point it's like he's almost like getting like gallagher where i'm expecting him to show up with like a bunch of shit a watermelon and a mallet at this point (laughs) this is how we need to promote the podcast and i love johnny depp but he dude just Pulling in a notch for one movie, like Goldman was saying. Eric Goldman, our TV guy, was saying the other day. One thing you'll never hear Johnny Depp say in a movie said. Hmm. Any way we can make this less weird? You know, it's like, <laughs> can, it's can we make this more subtle? Yeah, <laughs> it's like Dark Shadows is coming out, and he plays a vampire, and like he'll never just. He's never going to play just like a straight up historical figure again. Or if he does, he'll find the most bent take on that guy. I have to say, though. In Johnny Depp's ultimate defense here, uh, last week's ver- um, episode, or the, two weeks ago, the episode of Life's Too Short. Do you watch Life's Too Short on HBO? Is that the Warwick Davis one? Yeah, the Warwick Davis yeah. one. Amazing. He was amazing on it. He came he came on and basically hired Warwick Davis to learn how dwarves operate. And so he like <laughs> just followed him around and watched everything he did. And he's like, now jump up and down. I want to see how ju- dwarves jump up and down. It was just so good. And yeah, then at some point he stuff, found man. out that um, – that, uh, <laughs> That Warwick Davis was friends with Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, so he's like, "Oh, if you're friends with him, I'd love, I'd love to go see him. Can you take me there?" So he took him there, and, and he he basically called the guys out for ripping on him and his friends at the Golden Globes, <laughs> and and he's like, he's like, I can't sit by and watch. Tim Allen get disparaged. <laughs> so awesome. That's pretty awesome. So awesome actually. to hear Johnny Depp uh, <laughs> doing even something. Say the, even say the words Tim Allen. Yeah, doing something. Also doing something self-deprecating. It was awesome. <laughs> um, speaking of the we people, Romeo and Juliet is getting a sequel. Elton John is developing one. Get this. It's horrible. It's Romeo and Juliet colon Sherlock Gnomes. Awesome. Uh, I, I, gnomes I, I, are going missing, so they hire a gnome detective, Sherlock Gnomes, to help find them. 
Um, so and I liked the first one. I did too. I, I caught it on cable. Like I, I would never have gone to see that ever in yeah. a million years in the theater. And I caught it on cable, and it was just like one of those things that you, you, you're watching TV and something else starts, and you're kind of like, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it started for me. But I thought it was really good. Yeah, that was cute. Uh, I know Fowler didn't care for it, but I'm like, dude, you know, I, I went there expecting nothing from the movie, yeah. and I, you know, I had to cover it for work, and. I was like, I thought it was actually quite cute, a lot of fun, you yeah. know. Um, let's now we're going to actually rattle off. News rattle. Uh, the Rock. He's got a bunch of uh, movies lined up. One is called Cuidad, and it's uh, he's going to play a mercenary in there. Hey, Ru- how many? How much money? How much money do you have on that movie changing names? Hmm. I. I'm imagine. sure it'll become like you know fortress or something. It can't be like, called Quidad. Like city of hell or something. I mean, like, it can't oh, be right. Like yeah, it's just I mean, like such a weird title for Americans. Oh yeah, like Casa de mi Padre. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> dude. I mean, it's a big budget movie. They're gonna. Yeah, I, I, it, I think they're gonna hedge their. It, bets. It'll end up being called like you know um, Helltown or yeah, something exactly, like something you know. Like they'll find some action edge to it. Like Rundown had a different title first. It was like it was Hell Dorado. I think it was called, and then they changed it to which the is, rundown, which is awesome. <laughs> That's what Quidad should be renamed as Hell Dorado. I want there, to solved. I, I, the, I, this friend of mine had this amazing idea for a movie, um, and, and then I wanted to steal, and it was going to be called Hell Dorado. It was about a possessed, um, a, a possessed lowrider <laughs> that went around the hood and like stomped out people with its oh, hydraulics. That's awesome. <laughs> I started, like, developing the script in my mind, and then it all fell apart. It's like somebody else's idea anyway. I can't really do it. <laughs> um, the Rock is also uh, going to play. It's finally set. He's going to play Hercules for Brett Ratner. Hercules, So Hercules. there's only about 50% of that I like, and it, <laughs> it rhymes with Jerkules. <laughs> Hercules, Hercules. I got to say, that's a good, that's a good casting. That's yeah, good casting. I mean, who, who the hell else are you going to get? I mean, you got to get the wrong. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. You know, Tom Hardy did a movie, uh, The Minotaur or something. I saw it uh, last year, and I was doing this like Tom Hardy column for Batman, and uh, it's it's awful. But he's like trying so hard to class it up. Um, <laughs> it was something he did like. Uh, pretty sure at a, a low that low point in his career he was talking about giving up acting mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it was probably like during the making of this movie he's like <laughs> bloody hell there's gonna be a better way to do- i'm tom hardy i got like this um he's turning into the english nick nolte at this point <laughs> That's but awesome. uh but um uh yeah he fights a minotaur in there it's like the the poorest poor man's clash of the titans cool. anyways the rock's got one more thing journey three uh, he's in talks to do that one. The movie that nobody in this office was clamoring for. That's right, but apparently America likes themselves some journey, and they I like... don't mean just uh, don't stop believing and all that kind of journey. They, they've already got the writer and director from the second one lined up for the third one. That's what you want to happen if you're a writer in Hollywood. You want to be like, yeah. on the gravy train, yeah, <laughs> pulling into the third station, because <laughs> that's where the money is, man. Hey, you know, uh, you were just talking about Tom Hardy. He's actually in the news this week. He's got this uh, like first look deal now with Warner Brothers, the studio behind you know the Batman films, um, and his first movie that he's going to produce and star in is going to be an outlaw biker flick. Uh, it sounds kind of like a fictionalized take on uh, some of the, the Hells Angels. It's about a Vietnam vet, you know, comes back from 
uh, from the nom in the 60s. From the shit. And, uh, and uh, becomes a, an outlaw biker up in um, San Francisco. So Cool. So, yeah, I can totally see Tom Hardy as a 1960s biker. That just sounds kind of funny when you say I, it. Like I want to see the mustache. That's all I care about. I want to see that mustache. <laughs> you got to you gotta see it. Uh, you got to see Bronson. He's rocking that. Kind oh, of that's like, true. That's true. He's got that kind of uh, Mister Clean kind of uh, mustache. Mister Clean have a mustache? Uh, or am I thinking the no the brawny guy? No. Yeah, brawny guy. Has or a he's got he actually in Bronson. He's kind of got the Monopoly guy mustache. So here's a question. This has nothing to do whatsoever with movies. You got Go the for it. you got the brawny guy. You know, right. beefy lumberjack type. Then you got mustard, <laughs> mustard. You got Mister Clean over on the other side, kind of a clean-shaven, you know, bald but still very buff, exotic-looking dude. He's the West Hollywood version. Both of these guys are being marketed to, or at the time when they came out, were being marketed as home products. Were generally like marketed to women at the time that they they came up with these guys. Was it beefy sweetie advertising? Is that what they were going for? I think they were basically like, ladies, are you home alone? Do you need something (laughs) to stare at? Buy these paper towels. You know what to do with them. I know. It's so weird, right? While you're scrubbing the floor for your man. It was, it was such, such boor, you know, just sexist undertones to all that stuff. Oh, totally. 100%. I mean, wait, wait, did you see the thing that was going around online the other day? It was a cover of an old Battleship game, and it shows two men. It's a real image. It's from, like, the 50s or early 60s. Two men <clears throat> playing Battleship as the mother and daughter clean the dishes oh, and man. smile in the background like, oh, they get to play their game while we clean up after them. I mean, I would say times have thankfully changed, but it's really funny to like kind of consider where those uh where those like homeboys came from <laughs> like, <laughs> i think that's what madman is for <laughs> yeah exactly um some other news prometheus is going to get released in imax 3d it's being digitally um remastered for those formats i like 50 percent of that <laughs> stealing a line from you i i think you know <clears throat> prometheus imax yes prometheus 3d the trailer is dark to look at. Yeah, Can you imagine how dark that movie's going to be in 3D? Uh, uh, what's no. the darkest movie you've ever watched? Uh, I think the... Um, God, For just, me, Alien it, versus, Aliens versus Predator. That And then um, almost, I want to say maybe Vacancy was kind of dark, if I remember. almost couldn't see that movie. And also... Um, um, Oh man, what's there's something that was shot in video recently that I that I. Was a Dennis Quaid movie that's set Switchback? No, it's set in space with uh, Ben Foster. Oh, Pandorum. That was pretty dark too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, oh, goddamn! It was. We were just talking about this. All right. Uh, If I if I remember it, I'll bring it up. There was some movie looked like the whole thing was shot by a uh, you know was lit by a lamp. (laughs) <laughs> and it had like money. It was one of the darkest movies I've ever seen. Buried? Um, no, actually, Buried looked good for a dark movie. Yeah. Um, Frank and Weenie is also coming out in IMAX. So there you go, America. Why? I mean, you you want to see cool. a dead dog as in as large a format as possible? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Yeah. No. Uh, <clears throat> no Halloween 3D this year. That's it's been in the works for like ages now, and it keeps getting you know falling off the production slate. Guess what? It happened again. I'm fine with that. So yeah, I don't need another Halloween movie, especially after the the two zombie movies. Um, I honestly that 
I, I think for me, Halloween could go away forever as long as they still make some Friday the 13th movies. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big Friday the 13th movie fan. He's, got a, he's got a Jason uh, cardboard cutout in his office. This is true. Uh, a cardboard cutout of Jason with his machete raised. Yeah, from Jason Goes to Hell. Um, it's. Uh, I also saw Derek Mears the other day. I was oh, out, yeah. out at dinner and... and uh, he walked in, and I was. It, it got me to thinking about. <laughs> it got me to thinking about why the hell couldn't they make a sequel to that movie? I know they they said. Well, I talked video. to the, the yeah. The producer basically gave me this whole rundown on on why it wasn't happening, and it was just they were looking at sort of like some of the ancillary stuff, and then overseas, it just doesn't make overseas, money. Overseas, I know? can, I I can I understand that's that. Basically, what killed it, but. I think here's 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 another interesting thing. What about what about Jason webisodes? Yeah, Jason TV show. You know, but think about it, like webisodes could become like what the serials were in the twenties and thirties. Yeah. I mean, more the thirties, where it's like you could do a cliffhanger thing. It could yeah. be kind of fun, actually. Could be awesome. Yeah, um, I, I would also say um, I, I, the other thing that occurred to me at that time was Platinum Dunes. Yeah, what's going on with them? They, they, Platinum they, Dunes actually. <laughs> Funny you should say that, Chris. I have a news item. The Ouija movie, speaking of board games from earlier, Ouija is alive. It was dead at Universal, but Platinum Dunes, Universal. Resurrected it. Yes, there we go. And the producer of Paranormal Activity are banding together. They're going to do it for $5 million. Paranormal Activity guy, Mr. Microbudget. And you can do that movie for five million. Yeah, that's the thing. Actually, they already did. It was called Paranormal Activity the, Three, right? There Where is they, or no, is the, which is the one that had the Ouija board. It was yeah. the first one. There's no reason on earth that you have to make a Ouija board movie for thirty million dollars, even. Well, they wanted to do it like Indiana Jones style. One McGee was going to do it. I like this version much better. Look, it's a bunch of kids playing with a Ouija board. Every kid did that, and they creeped themselves out doing it. Exactly. That's your movie. Exactly. You don't need to turn it into the Mummy. Don't you know? make Monopoly that way, but do make. Yeah. I want Monopoly to be a found footage movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and it, you know, the the footage is just them walking to every place, and the you know, quick, we gotta get the St. James place. Boom. What's interesting about that? Um, is... the Mr. Moneybags guy is actually a serial killer. <laughs> he's like he's like uh, Bateman, Patrick Bateman. So, is it uh, is Monopoly? Is it set in? Uh, is it set in Atlantic City? Is that what it is? Um, you know, I think because I was thinking about the when I was Manhattan watching too at one point. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, Monopoly they have Boardwalk. Maybe it's just the tri-state area. I don't yeah. know. I have no idea. Like, <laughs> is it is it New York? Is it Manhattan? Is it um, I don't know. I'm, I'm terrible at geography. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's my some, excuse. Some other news: uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Sponge getting Bob another movie. Uh, no details on it except that uh, they're going to try and get it up for 2014. Um, cool. They want to try and make it more appealing to international audiences, kind of broaden the SpongeBob brand, if you will. Um, I guess his ratings have been slipping. Mm. So they want to squeeze some more out of SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a bell. <laughs> there's, a, there's a damn bell in here. Um, Sylvester Stallone was doing this kind of retro, career retrospective uh, interview with McLean's where he said, he was asked about Rambo 5, and he said he really wants to do one. Um, the thing would have Rambo in Arizona, 
and he would have to go into Mexico. And his he actually says, I don't think Rambo likes Mexicans. <laughs> I'm like, Stallone, you really shouldn't say that on record in an interview. But, uh, I, I mean, I could see, you know, Rambo going to Mexico, given all the tremendous violence from the cartels down there. It makes... Kind of, it makes sense that he would, you know, get caught up in a in a battle. Yeah. Um, when it's just sort of like, you know, it just has a vibe uh, to that statement. That's kind of like that's probably a subtext that you didn't need to introduce into that. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's understandable, I guess, but from a character perspective. Here, here's an idea: Rambo Five never going to happen, probably. And he said that he said he's, he's like said that before. a few times. There so. is like he wants it. He, you know, this could turn into his Ghostbusters three, where he, he's going to try and will it into existence. But he said he didn't want it actually. After he's, the last he, movie. he keeps going back and forth on it. I think he realizes. Look, I got a few gravy trains. I think he wants to. If he does, well, I bet you uh, probably kill off Rambo. Mm. You know, some glorious sort of exit for him here's a quick uh, here's a quick thought do you think they'll ever reboot rambo and rocky um after Stallone? i bet you they could reboot rambo rocky no i think rocky it was it spoke to a different time i yeah. think um and you know i don't think boxing it, it, they'd make him an mma guy and, and they did basically reboot it was called warrior and nobody went to see it i was playing uh i i never I mean, I never. I kind of got the appeal of MMA before, but um, I started playing UFC three last night on my Xbox. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh my god, dude! Now I really get it. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Are you gonna take it up? Are you gonna be like? I don't know. I don't know. It's like I. I just there's so, there's something like so like visceral about it, but <laughs> yet so homoerotic. <laughs> um. Jesus. Uh, Maleficent, uh, Angelina Jolie is going to play that. It's the live action Sleeping Beauty movie. Elle Fanning from Super 8 cast as Sleeping Beauty in it. Um, that's awesome. Project X getting a sequel. I can't say that's really surprising. Um, okay, um, so it what made was 21 the, million. Do we know what the original budget of Project X was? I want to say it was like 3 to 5 million. I mean, everybody knew that movie was essentially going to kill, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's. I, when it's made for that little and it's tracking like it is and it, and it had a big studio push, it wasn't like it was being put out by like um, some small indie label. They waited, though. The studio was really smart with the way they marketed that movie. And I have to say, like, um, some stuff is just marketed too early. But that yeah. movie, it was like it was like a snipe attack. It was you didn't hear anything about it, anything about it, anything about it. It's coming out in March. I think February 1st is the first time. You know, around that time is like one of the first time they really started to do any kind of push. Well, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder that about Dark Shadows. It's supposed to come out in May. It is now March. Have you seen a poster? Have you seen a trailer? No. no. I mean, they've pushed Bullet to the Head. Stallone, actually, Stallone's, uh, um, you know, there was a report that he was taking over the editing and all that. We actually exclusively got um, Walter Hill and the studio to uh, refute that. Telling us that they're still working, that you know Walter Hill is still editing the movies, working together with Sly. It's been, I don't know, probably a little bit, but you know Sly's got a rep for kind of like, you know, he's a he's a, a creative uh, guy. He likes to have his imprint on things, and you know, but we'll we'll see. I mean, Bullet to the Head, I think, could actually be kind of a fun movie. You got Rambo going up against. 
Khal Drogo. <laughs> I mean, shit, who doesn't want to see that from the director of 48 Hours? Yeah, I'd like to see that. I mean, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, and then uh, some other news. I want to rattle this off because we have to get to our very special guest. Rattle. But um, Kristen Bell is going to do the voice in the Disney cartoon Frozen. It's basically uh, an adaptation of Hans Christian Andersen's The Snow Queen. And then Joss Whedon saying that Avengers 2 he wants it to be smaller, more personal, and painful. He wants to really get into what makes these characters ticks, tick and sort of like, you know, make it quote-unquote organic, which I hate when filmmakers say organic. I'm not buying milk or vegetables I'm seeing <laughs> in a movie. If you go there, though, if you go to that place, that's that, that, that painful place, do you, <laughs> do you explore Tony's alcoholism then? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you kill off an Avenger. Yeah. What happens when the Earth? What happens when one of Earth's mightiest heroes falls? Dun dun. I mean, it would be a great way to kind of introduce some new characters. Yep. You got to replenish the ranks. Where are we going to get some more superheroes? I guess you know who looks like a big walking target: Hawkeye and Black Widow. Mm, I guess your magic bow and arrow would help you then, Mister Hawkeye. But Hawkeye. It could be a spin-out, too. Like if and they bring in BJ. Yeah, that's, that's a MASH reference. For <laughs> oh, Mr. Honeycutt. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, they could spin Hawkeye out into his own movie. I think they could. I think they can actually stand to grow the Avengers team yeah. without actually uh, killing anybody off. They could just not have them be in the movie that much. Yeah, I mean, you could actually do what they did in the comics and... and Start spin off a different franchise like they did with West Coast Avengers. I mean, Iron Man does technically live in L.A. Yeah. Sure, he's got his big fancy building in New York for this movie, but he's an L.A. boy, you know, yeah. living out in Malibu. I do like that that idea though because I think this the everything we've seen for Avengers has been really bombastic, and I like that. Yeah, because you do have to come on with the splash, especially yeah. This how do you talent. top an alien invasion? I, I don't think you do. I think he's right in saying, like, pull back, maybe do an Empire Strikes Back one. Yeah. Know? I mean, because think about it. Then you get into kind of Transformers territory where it's like you start, you know, how can you destroy the world in a in a new way this time? And it's kind of the same stuff, just with a different name to the villain. Well, essentially, you're going to have to have a terrestrial threat next time around because you don't want to repeat the alien threat. And yeah. then it's like, what kind of... What kind of craziness you, is You just have to bring in a team of supervillains then. You, yeah. They need yeah. like some sort of like, and I know this is JLA or Super Friends I'm referring, but you need like to bring in like a Legion of Doom type thing. Yeah. You know? But um, uh, one thing I want to uh, uh, note is that Ralph McQuarrie uh, passed away over the weekend, and he was this iconic uh, conceptual artist and designer. He basically invented the look of the Star Wars universe. Which and we awesome. just want to give him props because yeah. when I was a kid, I had all those Art of Star Wars books. And whenever you would get like the um, like the the book that was the screenplay of the movie, they would have his artwork and illustrations all throughout there. And it was just beautiful stuff. And, and, it's, and it's really interesting to go back and look at like the early designs for some of the characters from – you know, Yoda to Darth Vader and the different looks of his helmet to even the costumes for like Luke and Han and yeah. Leia and yeah. So we just uh, you know thanks for uh, thanks for giving us a great looking franchise there, Mr. McQuarrie. I think one thing that's really cool about one thing that's really cool about the Star Wars universe's popularity is that it's gotten so popular now that like conceptual sketches are now action figures. Yeah. You know, you, you see these things that McQuarrie did and they now exist as action figures. And I'm just like, you know, your series is popular when even yeah. 
yeah. like sketches inspired these real. Well, it's uh, it's also too like his his concept art was so striking. It wasn't just like a picture of a guy, you know, like a costume design. It was these these were they felt alive because they were in action. He'd show he he do illustrations of you know Darth Vader in a lightsaber fight. Yeah, and this is before anything had been built. Like he imagined and realized that and it was just and, and george lucas to his credit gave him you know big big uh shout out very nice kind of uh uh eulogy type statement on uh starwars.com acknowledging all his you know his contributions to the series and you know obviously george lucas is the creator of star wars but you know you can't bring a, something like that to life without great collaborators and right. ralph mccory certainly was a key collaborator in the the evolution creation and evolution of star wars the iconic image for me of his what is just the droids just the two droids, yeah in the desert the background background yeah that is know? great like that's the thing that i will you know anytime i think of ralph mccory that's the image i'll think of yeah all right folks well uh now is about the time when we bring in our very special guest so here he is we are here with Efren Ramirez. You know him, of course, from Napoleon Dynamite. He's coming up in Casa de Mi Padre. He was also in Crank, of course. Uh, yes. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for coming by today. Gosh. <laughs> Where's my freaking pizza? <laughs> I like that you are doing Napoleon Dynamite. That's amazing. Now I gotta. I want to yeah. ask you about it. Now they get yes. the they get the animated series coming up. How does it feel to revisit the it, guy? It, it's pretty badass. You know, yeah. it's 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 really cool because you you. Uh, I mean, the work process is different because because you you're you're working off a screen and you're and you're being given specific directions to 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 learn how to dictate your lines, but um, but I'm working with people who I've known for years and Napoleon Dynamite. They became they they become my family. Yeah. So whenever you get a chance to work with, it's like be, like like being here in this office, right, with all of you guys. You guys are like remind me of my brothers. <laughs> so well, you know what's even weirder? This yeah. office used to belong to the guy who was the unit publicist on Napoleon Dynamite, Eric Morrow. He used to work here at IGN, and uh, the podcast room is his old office. So it's all yeah. come full circle, is what I'm saying. It's beautiful. <laughs> now um, you. That that uh, project was it kind of a surprise to you when they said, to you, "Hey, we're going to do it. We're going to do it as a cartoon." We're like, "Oh, of course, it lends itself to that." Or well, after the picture came out, I I, I, I did. I was hoping for a cartoon and animated series, and I thought, "Yeah, that'd be a great idea." So you continue on the legacy of Napoleon, um, because over a number of years, the studios wanted to do a sequel or prequel, and and when that happened. You, it's got to be just as good or even better than the film itself, and that was a greater challenge of not disappointing the fans. Yeah. Um, uh, and people were twittering me, going, "Well, what's going to happen to this? What's going to happen to this?" So, uh, and because it's 20th Century Fox, and because they worked right along with Mike Scully, who does The Simpsons, yeah, uh, they got together for about uh, two years in in them to create a whole process on what direction they want to take Napoleon Dynamite uh, into. Um, from the storyboards to the storylines to the exploration of all the characters. Um, so when I got a phone call from Jared Hess, who, who was the director of Napoleon, 
uh, asking for a joint, and before he was even finished, I said, of course. <laughs> uh, and then I go, wait a minute, who's playing Napoleon? <laughs> he goes, the original <laughs> cast. So I thought it was a really good thing. Now, let's talk about Casa de Mi Padre. I saw the movie last week, and I really yeah. loved it. I thought it was uh, it was kind of the grindhouse movie I was hoping I would have gotten a, a couple of years ago. And I like those the, the, the two grindhouse films there, yeah. uh, Planet Terror and, and, Death, and, Proof, and right? Death, Death Proof. But this, to me, was more of that sort of like... It was very knowing kind of exploitation film in, in Wink at the 70s stuff. Yeah. But also, I mean, it's kind of sending up like telenovelas and all sorts of things. It's a different film. I mean, when I saw it, I was going, oh, my God. Because <laughs> we all know Will Ferrell's humor, you know. Yeah. And, and um, uh, uh, Matt and, and, and Andrew Steele, who are from SNL, these guys are they know comedy, and they they want to take it to the extreme, which is which is uh, maybe that's the reason why they hired me. <laughs> extreme pretty, comedy. Yeah, I'm extreme comedy. I'm out there. Um, so uh, and and I gotta say, Will Ferrell taking on a film where he's speaking all in Spanish. He's going, you know what, let's see if we can take it. And he does a really good job. I'm working with all these actors like Diego Luna and Gail Garcia Bernal and Adrian Martinez and Pedro and Genesis Rodriguez. Yeah. Genesis Rodriguez, her, she, she's a famous soap opera actor from Mexico, and, and her father's a, a famous international musician. So on the set, he kept looking at me like, hey. I'm watching you. I'm like, dude, relax. yeah, relax. She's, 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 I'm Will Ferrell's my boyfriend. <laughs> so don't worry about it. But it was funny, man. Yeah. Funny working on the set with him. And, uh, how, how, how long did it take to make the movie? Uh, I think we shot, um, I think we shot for four weeks, four weeks. And there was, and we were shooting around my birthday. So, um, and, uh, I, I had just turned 30, I just turned 38 and, um, no, 37. And I remember when, uh, is it Martin Sheen? He was doing Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And he had just turned 37 in his career. <laughs> he was doing Apocalypse Now. And he had so, the heart attack. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I thought, like, huh, uh, you know, I got my friends for Coppola, you know, and, and, and my Will Ferrell. Heck, yes. All right. Sweet. Nice. <laughs> Where'd you guys film that? Did you film in Mexico or did you people, film out yeah, here? People were thinking about that. They're, they've been Twittering me going, you know, how was Mexico? I'm like, well, it's great, but we didn't shoot the movie there. <laughs> so we shot that in Los Angeles. Wow. Here, and we also went to a, a place called Sky Ranch out in, um, uh, where, Carla? Where? Just way out there, like towards Ventura County. Oh, yeah, that's uh, where all those old, uh, all like those old westerns. Movies. Yeah, yeah, they're filming Django Unchained out there now, the Tarantino yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, that's all the old, like, the old western shows and everything we're filming. That's pretty cool. You know, and then, you know, we, I sort of wanted to do a photo shoot, so Carla and me and um, another friend of mine, we snuck out. Because I wasn't shooting anything, so we snuck out and we went in um, to the some shack. And then they had a, a little cemetery going on and a, uh, a, a, a cornfield. And, and I, I, I don't know. So we were like, heck, we're here anyways. We started shooting. And then once we were done, we started to leave. And apparently, as we were leaving, there was this car coming our way. And they were rushing. They passed us. And we're thinking, where are they going? And they went into the, where the shack was. Apparently, everything was a private property, and, and, air, and whatever you're doing needs to have like a sacred permission of some sort. Oh, so oh, we're man. going. Uh, I hope they were packing heat. You know, <laughs> like man, they made some serious business. Pretty, pretty sure you hadn't gotten the sacred permission first. <laughs> you know, like hey, here's my arm. <laughs> now, um, you're also, of course, in the in the crank movies. Do you you guys ever think uh, of doing a, 
another one of that? I mean, you know, it, it doesn't matter in that in that universe if somebody dies or whatever. Like, yeah. there's no stopping. So, what do you think? Well, the, for for a number of years, you're talking about having to make a prequel of a film, uh, which is pretty badass because then I'll get to play both characters, right? Um, and we get to see Jason go through the struggles of having to live again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and that'd be really cool. Um, but just like what happens is, is once a project goes out, everybody gets busy. We start doing different projects, and and I love Mark and Brian because uh, uh, they keep hiring me. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> they go, you're crazy, Efren. Don't worry, we're gonna put you in everything we have. All right, cool. <laughs> How's your experience working on Eastbound and Down? Oh my God, yeah, uh, working with Kenny Powers. Kenny Powers. <laughs> um, he's nuts. I mean, Danny McBride, right along with Jody and 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 David. Um, Ben Bass and Steve Little. I mean, most of them, they all went to school together. Yeah. Uh, so they really have a sense of, of, of not only who they are, but, but how they work, how they can work together. Um, which is always a good thing because then they, there's much more of a creative uh, openness. Um, so when I came on board, uh, Danny was like, dude, we love you. And I'm thinking, dude, I love the show. I, I mean, because Kenny Powers is a character. Uh, when you first watch, you go, oh, I hate this guy. What the <laughs> heck is this show about? What's wrong with this guy? Who watches this show? But then there's those moments when he's uh, alone by himself and he's trying to deal with his reality. And that's when you fall in love with Kenny Powers. And I, and I thought like, wow, this guy is awesome. <laughs> I fell in lust with him. <laughs> now, um, we, we were talking in the office before uh, uh, the podcast started and yeah. everything. Um, would you say that you're kind of, you, you have some fanboy sensibilities? You like uh, <laughs> comics, G.I. Joe, that sort of thing? You, you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as we were talking about G.I. Joe, we could talk about um, Transformers and, and, and uh, Macross with Robotech. Yeah. You know, from Voltron to, and both Voltron the cars one and the lions one yeah because uh, i grew up with all of that stuff you know right. and i uh I, I did an interview at um, some comic book store um and uh I, I was schooling the girl on on superman and batman and dc comics marvel comics you know and, and how different they are and, and then we went to we started playing a, a little a pinball machine of transformers and so we we kind of we noticed um they had the, the not only the die cast of the transformers but they had the old school transformers and i saw mirage and i saw optimus prime and i Wow! <laughs> but for four hundred dollars, I don't know. <laughs> it is pretty steep. I mean, it's, it's, I, I do feel like they they gouge the geeks. They know they want it, and they're like, "Well, just up that price." It's like absolutely. They're, they're like what you know, oil companies are in the summer, where it's like everyone's driving six bucks a gallon. Of you're course. Pay, you know? well, why are you buying a leather jacket in the winter? <laughs> <laughs> now. Um, uh, this summer is a huge kind of like summer for fanboys. You got Avengers, Dark Knight Rises, yeah. you know, um, uh, the new Spider-Man movie. Are there any particular movies coming up this summer that you're really psyched for? Just as is kind of a fan, uh, I gotta say anything by 20th Century Fox because they are my bosses. Arse. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so Prometheus. But, that's, you're all about Prometheus this I, summer. I, they're the ones who are doing a, a yeah. Prometheus. Oh yeah, oh, dude, of course. <laughs> I can't. Oh, big Fan of aliens, like Sigourney Weaver and the alien coming out of the stomach. Oh, yeah. Of course. And Bishop? Yeah. Right? 
How can we not? How, how can we hate Bishop? Um, and and I, and I saw the trailer. Believe me, once I saw it, I was thinking, can I download the soundtrack already? Because it's just awesome. Isn't it pretty sweet? Just oh, yeah. as a trailer, it, like yeah. it's it's roped in a bunch of people. You know? uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Are there other you know? And it's really Scott's doing it, right? Yeah, it's Ridley Scott, and Beautiful. then you got the like Michael Fassbender's in there, and yeah. Charlie Theron, and and uh, Nomi Rapace from No uh, Pedigree whatsoever. In yeah. <laughs> you know this cast of unknowns. But Ethan Ramirez should be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the heck? We got uh, this to be the one. alien, and it's like, and I, I didn't hear back from uh, uh, you know, really, really. I was like, yo, really? What the? What? Did, really? see us too. Did, did I speak uh, alien language with an accent? Did I get wrong? <laughs> <laughs> now, is there a particular kind of like? Um you know, movie or, or or property that you'd love to just get in on. We, you talked about Alien, of course, <laughs> but like, are there is there like a big comic book movie property you're like, God damn, I, I would do anything to get in on that. Yeah, I, 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 what I would say, anything directed by Christopher Nolan. Yeah, uh, to be in the in the Batman series directed by him. I mean, I'm exci- I, I got to give a shout out. I, I, the movie itself, Tom Hardy playing the villain. Come yeah. on, like, yeah. and that guy's just badass, yeah. you know. And, and Kristen Bale's just insane. So, you know, <laughs> put it together. Combo. It's just, hey, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't. I'll be out. I'm, I'm a huge like Batman nerd, and and yeah. uh, it's just to me, it's like knowing that this movie is going to be sort of like the conclusion of that particular storyline and everything, and that you got Bane in there, and, and you know, were, were you uh, kind of, was there anything that you've seen from that movie so far where you're like, huh, like, I know a lot of people are like, I don't know if I really like the look of Bane, I don't know, I can't really understand him, any of that stuff? Well, wait, 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 I, I gotta tell you, I'm a collector, so I have the comic books of Batman, and um, so I knew the character of Bane, I mean, we saw Tim Burton, don't get me wrong, I love Tim Burton, yeah. I do, and there was Bane in, in, in that in, oh, yeah, in the Batman film. and Robin, yeah, yeah. exactly. Now, that was, uh, yeah, 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 we would like yeah. to forget that happened. But yeah, it's okay. So, were, you, were you bugged at all that Bane wasn't Latino? No, I mean, uh, no, yeah? no. Because I mean, look, even when when Adrian Brody played Salvador Dali in in uh, Midnight in Paris, yeah. To see an artist and play the role, as long as it does it, it gives it justice, yep. then you go, of course. And having to see the 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 uh, the trailer and the, the six minute footage of of Tom Hardy having uh, to play on that the plane character, and everything, on the plane. Yeah, yeah, and I went. Of course. <laughs> yeah. of course, I go. Of course, I, they, of course. You just look at him. You are like yeah. this guy could clear a room, which is fun because yes. you know, you know, when you saw him in um, the Star Trek movie years ago, Star Trek Nemesis, and he's you know the skinny little Patrick Stewart clone. He's supposed to be his <laughs> clone, and you are like, that guy is Bane now. Like, dude, that's, <laughs> that's the guy who played Bronson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's a complete kind of one eighty. He one- did that like sequential order though, where he like he like beefed up over time. Yeah. You got to Warrior, and then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> then that's Bane. You yeah. Know? Well, you're going to see, you're going to like, that's the guy who played Pedro? He's so beefed up now. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'll be the, 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 the next Batman movie. If there was a Batman villain you could play, who, who would it be? Oh, wow. Oh, man. I could kind of see you taking on Riddler. Maybe, yeah. You know? I would love to play Enigma. I would love to play the Riddler. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to start that Do rumor it, right sure. now. There you we're, go. We're going to start pitching that. That'll <laughs> be called El Riddler. <laughs> El Riddler. <laughs> now, um, 
so we we've got uh, basically you know um, we do a lot of shout outs for for people on the show when they when they come on. Um, do you want to give everybody your your Twitter handle oh, and yeah, stuff like yeah, that so yeah. they can follow you? And um, yeah, my Twitter is uh, it's uh, it's at Efren Ramirez. It's my first name and last name E F R E N R A M I R E Z. Pretty easy. Pretty, Pretty easy. easy. And I want to give a shout-out to um, two great guys, uh, uh, Chris and Jimbalaya. I, mean, I don't even know them, but they're, they're, like, really. <laughs> Jimbalaya. Yeah, Jimbalaya. Yeah, Jimbalaya. Because, really, uh, you guys would be the, the guys I would want to hang out with in high school. And go, hey, what's up, guys? And we'd but be not that now. Way. And we're all actually about the same age. <laughs> so, yeah, so there we go. Yeah, yeah. Because you guys are, I, I don't know. Uh, it, you know it's just you're true well, and, you're, and we love we have a lot of things in common and yeah. it, we look at life the same way which is good you know i actually got to meet you briefly uh, a few years ago uh, on i, I want to say like the junket for crank one or crank two but it was a it was a while back it was one of those real like quick high and by things so it was kind of it's good to actually get to chat with you more at, at nerd out. and everything nerd out and uh <laughs> you know i just want to say thanks for thanks for coming by thanks for being on the show and and i hope you can come by again and and tell everybody when can cool. they see casa de mi padre oh they can see casa de mi padre they can see that on friday the 16th there we go folks you can read it and weep oh. <laughs> oh. all right thank you very much Efren ramirez everybody <laughs> All right, everybody, that was uh, Mr. Ramirez. Now let's just bring it on home with, uh, bring it home. with the weekend box office. So John Carter has opened, um, oh, and it's, it's not looking too good for it now. Uh, we're fans of the movie. It's, it's, I wouldn't say it's awesome, but it's a lot of fun, and I don't think it deserves to be this, this great uh, bomb that people are beginning to make it out to be, but... Um, it's not, uh, it's not looking too good. Um, midnight shows Thursday made $500,000 and with the Lorax really overperforming, like we said earlier, 70 million. Um, it looks like the Lorax is going to stay number one and John Carter is, is fighting for a second place, uh, finish, which I'm sure it'll get, but you know, what's it going to make? It's, it's something like $250 million dollars. Uh, at least, and that's just maybe production yeah, budget yeah. that they're telling us. Nice tax break for yeah. Disney. Yeah, I mean, the L.A. Times analysts say um, that they could be looking at a $165 million write-off for John wow. Carter. That's uh, All right, so what is it going to do this? Week? I'm thinking Lorax is going to be number one. I'm going to say I'm going to say Lorax with about $42 million. Okay, and then uh, I'm I'm thinking John Carter is going to be second with I'm going to say 24. I'm just going to flip those numbers. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's tracking between I I'd say 25 and 30. I I want it to do better than that, but um, I I think once people people get into this like lynch mob mentality of like oh something's going to bomb, something's going to bomb, they haven't seen it. You know, yeah. the ads haven't done it justice, but it's actually got good buzz from the people who have seen it. Um, yeah. but, so I think people are just not going to show up now because all the media is going to talk about is, oh, it's going to be a big flop. So they're not going to go. So here's what I think. I think Lorax is going to do 38. And I think John Carter is going to do 32. I think it's really? Gonna, you think, I think it's going to be that close? 
Okay. Uh, I think Silent House, uh, the new um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen horror movie. You know, the Olsen sister that can act. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to be third or place. Or wants to. She's really good in... She's uh, great. In, uh, Mar- I can never get it. Martha Marcy Mar- May Marlene. Yeah. You know, everyone knows Martha that. Marcy May Marlene. Um, I love that you can just rattle that shit off. That's amazing, <laughs> Chris. Um, I think I'm going to say Silent House. I'm going to say uh, 10 million. Yeah, in third place? Yeah, third place. Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. I'm going to agree with you on that. Uh, okay. 10 million. And, and I think that's a movie... That needs to make money the first weekend because, by all accounts, it's yeah. it's a good movie yeah. until the end. And, you know, those movies don't last after the first. Yeah, no, that's that's a one weekend wonder. Uh, what do you, do you think uh, Project X, I mean, it made $21 million. Do you think, well, what kind of drop-off do you think that movie might see? I think it'll probably make about 8 or 9 I think, right. it's, I think it'll so be a good. little over fifty percent, which is no- normal. Yeah. So it's. I mean, the movie's already profitable. So I guess. Yeah, way profitable. It's gonna make a ton of money on DVD. Yeah, a ton yeah. or whatever. I wonder if it'll be like one of those movies. Like, um, I, and mind you, folks, uh, I haven't seen Project X, but I wonder if it'd be a movie like sort of like a Euro trip that becomes this sort of like you know cult fave and people. You know, well, I mean, it's already successful. It's already more successful than Euro Trip ever was in the theater. So it's like it's kind of more like a, a low budget Hangover movie than it is. Yeah, you know, well, it's Todd else. Phillips uh, producing. Yeah. So yeah, all right, folks. Well, um, check us out on on uh, iTunes. Give us a shout out over there. Send us your email at keeping it real at ign dot com. Uh, we'll get to it next week. Sorry, we couldn't this week. Uh, you know, we Empty had a special promises. guest. People, we had a special guest. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing a lot of guests. So, yeah, you know. you know, so don't complain. You got Danny Trail. <laughs> so don't complain. You got Efren. You know, come on, this, this is good stuff. We had Guillermo del Toro last year. Yep. You know, we'll we'll bring in. Uh, maybe we'll just pretend to be Christopher Walken one day and say that he's a special guest. <laughs> but uh, but that'll be horrible. So. Yeah. But, uh, you know, check back next week. Um, go see some movies this weekend. Look, John Carter is a fun movie. Go right? see it. Go see it. it. It's it's not this god-awful bomb that, you know, creatively that people have been saying. It's a guy who made Wally and Finding Nemo, for God's sake, and Michael Shabon, the, the Pulitzer Prize-winning novelist behind Cavalier and Clay, wrote the screenplay so for crying out loud it's not bad <laughs> also i want to say this don't let other people ruin your fun just in general i hate yeah, it when let us ruin your fun That's i hate what it when people do for. this like if you were psyched about something and you're still psyched about it but then your friends try to talk you out of it don't let them talk you out of it if it's something that you That's really want your to check girlfriend out. is there to do <laughs> and on that note <laughs> and on that note all right folks thanks for listening